Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hold the Line. My name's Joe, and I'm a British force-free gun dog trainer. You can check out my online courses at forcefreegundog.com. The newest course is called Training the T Drill. You can also pick up a copy of my book called Force Free Gun Dog Training: The Fundamentals for Success, which is available on Amazon's everywhere around the world. There's also an accompanying workbook to record your training sessions in. I'm currently working on a sequel to Force Free Gun Dog Training. And I hope it's going to be out maybe in about six months. We'll see. That's all for now. Let's get on with the show. Train your gun dog without force or fear. Motivate and educate. Hold the line is here. Invention, repetition, generalization, motivation. Hold the line. Oh, yeah. Hello, I am Joe Laurent, and welcome to Hold the Line, the podcast for force free gun dog training. Hold the Line is committed to helping you train your dog to an advanced level using motivational methods and without the use of fear or pain. Thank you for tuning in and please make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hold the Line. Hello, Hold the Liners. I hope you are all doing okay, whether you're allowed to meet up with one other person, five other people, six other people, or an unspecified number of people, and whether you're supposed to stay one and a half meters apart, two meters apart, six foot apart, and whether you're supposed to wear masks or not masks, wherever you're living, I hope you're doing okay. Um, I've been using this time in lockdown to work on a project that I have been, well, I've had it in the pipeline for a little while now, but it's such a huge project that I've kind of put off doing it and just thought that maybe I would get around to it one day, that sort of project. But I sort of used lockdown to give me a kick up the bum to actually knuckle down and get on with it. And I feel like I've made some progress with it now. So it's pretty exciting because soon it will be in a place where I can unveil it. It won't be finished because it's a humongous thing. But the first little bit will be ready to share with you all pretty soon. So I'm quite excited about that. Um, So apart from that, it's been getting pretty hot here. And that brings with all of the sort of hot weather issues when it comes to dog ownership and exercise I've been trying to go out late in the evening when it's much cooler and busy running my zoom classes we've got two clicker retrieve classes running on zoom at the moment and it's really fun to work with people in in a direct way because a clicker retrieve course is a five-week course that I run well I've run it for many years now but it usually runs via emails videos that are sent to people and handout sheets that are sent to people and we do have a Facebook group where people can post their videos and get feedback from me but because of lockdown I've been offering well I've got two online retrieve courses running at the moment which which run by Zoom so we meet as a sort of virtual class once a week and we go through the various click retrieve steps by Zoom and it's really fun just to see people and be able to give them more specific feedback in the moment and see the effect of it and so that's yeah it's been really good fun and I'm, I'm planning on continuing it into the future actually so if you are interested in an online click retrieve course where you do get feedback and you're sort of part of a class then let me know because obviously it being zoom you can do it from wherever you are so anyway that's what I've been doing and I had a couple of emails so 
One of the emails has an interesting subject which we can talk about. I'm going to anonymize it a bit because I'm not sure if the person who sent it to me sent it to me to be read out. So I'm going to read out um, the bits that are sort of generalized, as it were. So here we go. Hi, Joe. Really enjoying your podcasts and looking forward to absorbing all the info in your book. The illustrations are brilliant and so easy to follow. That's really good. Thank you for letting me know that. Um, just in case it was of any interest to you in the future, when you had covered many of your planned topics and podcasts, whether you would be interested in the conversation on the topic living with failed dreams or when your dog doesn't work out as you had hoped or something like that, I'd be very happy if you were interested to share that conversation. We hear so much about the excitement and progress folks make, but we don't often talk about when it comes to a point when you realize that it is never going to happen. And if your gun dog is a pet and you can't get another dog, then there's not much you can do. But how do people deal with that? On the flip side, I have read, watched, studied far more than I ever would have tried and tried other sports. It would be interesting to hear what others do when the dog's health or behavior of the handler's health or family situations dash dreams. There is no point in spending life going, woe is me, what positives can be made of these situations? Just throwing that out there in case it might be useful. So yeah, I do have things to say on that subject, but the first thing I would say is that you might reach that point where you decide that the dog that you have is not going to live up to your hopes and dreams. You might have that, you might reach that point quite soon after taking on the dog, or you might have the dog for many years and achieve some degree of success with the dog before realizing that you've taken that dog about as far as they can go. So the first thing to say is that you may come to this discovery at different points in your dog's life, and that will have a different impact on where you go from there and what you do. So there are many trialers out there or traditional gun dog folk out there who will get puppies, often more than one puppy at a time, and train them up alongside each other and see which puppy has the potential to trial or compete successfully and place the other puppies in pet homes or maybe in working homes that are not competition homes. So this is a very sort of common approach to this situation from you know, many top trialers, that's what they would, how they would approach this. They would just place the puppy in another home. It's kind of bringing to mind a topic of conversation that was in the interview I did with Dr. Claire Brand in episode six. If you want to listen back, we talked about the subject a little bit there. I think it really comes down to what your priorities are. You're, you're either going to have to prioritize success, in which case that is the thing that you're going to go all out to achieve no matter what you have to do if that means repeatedly taking on new puppies and then placing them when they don't live up to your expectations then that's just part of the process and perhaps you won't let yourself get attached to them because you know they may not stay or you are going to prioritize almost I don't really like the phrase puppy parent but you are going to have that sort of caregiver relationship towards your dog and you're not going to think about placing them just because they don't live up to your expectations. And if that is your approach towards your dog, you'll probably be disappointed that you can't pursue the things you really want to pursue, but also looking at your dog's strengths and thinking about what they do bring to the table and what other things are available for you to do with them. I do fully accept though that it's hard to get into other dog sports if your heart's not quite in them. And if gun dog work is your thing that you want to pursue, then you might find it hard to feel enthusiastic and motivated and want to go and train in another sport, for example, regardless of what your dog's able to do. 
But if you're able to take several steps back and see it all as just deepening your knowledge generally, then that's something you can bring back to gun dog training with your next dog who will then benefit. This idea though of just learning as much as you can, this idea, I think you've already found it, who, the person who wrote this email, when you say, um, I have read, watched, studied far more than I ever would have and tried other sports. So that's a brilliant thing to be doing. That's sort of making a positive out of an, an well, what could have been a negative situation? So you, if we can learn from other sports, we have all of that knowledge to bring back into gun dog training. And we also learn skills, approaches to things, ideas, helps us with creativity. It also helps us situate gun dog training within other, you know, the wider sort of category of dog sports generally. So we can sort of get the, get a bigger picture perspective on it instead of getting so embedded in it that we can't see anything else because that is our whole world. So I think it helps in that kind of way too. But yeah, that's like importing all of that is a super way to um, to do stuff. And I think another way to think about it is kind of going back to that caregiver relationship with your dog. What does the dog want to do? You know, what does the dog enjoy doing? And what is stimulating and satisfying for the dog? What's going to give the dog the best life? Okay, what can the dog do? And what is there out there which the dog may want to lend those abilities to another way to think about it is the importance of your own personal development as a trainer and as a handler dogs live such such a short life they're with us for such a short period of time and then they're gone and what they leave is what's in our minds and what we learn as a result of living with them so if we can use each dog as an opportunity to learn how to train dogs be with dogs satisfy a dog's needs if we can if we can sort of grow from all of that and then take that knowledge on to our next dog in a way that lives on in some way and there's a sort of permanence to it so I think we get really sort of focused on the dog and what's the dog going to achieve and how long is the dog going to live and the dog the dog's life whereas actually we ourselves are the more permanent thing here well permanent's not quite the right word because we're not either but you know we are the thing that's going to live longer and so developing our knowledge and our skills is going to see other dogs in the future benefit that we train and is maybe the thing to be focusing on rather than putting titles on the dog. Does that make sense? Like in dog sports, we can get very caught up on trying to achieve titles and put titles on dogs. And it's all about the dogs and the dog's achievement and the dog, what the dog can do. And I think sometimes we overlook our own development to develop ourselves through what we do with the dogs. I hope that makes some sort of sense. But hopefully there are some aspects of gun dog work that you're able to do with your dog, even if maybe as a competition dog, they haven't made the grade. Um, I'll give you an example like Gray, my Slovakian rough head pointer, had hard mouth. And that just meant that we couldn't really compete successfully. It was usually only on the first bird that was shot because she was so excited and worked up for that first retrieve that she would bite down on it too hard and but that's all you get if you want to compete you know <laughs> you don't get subsequent you can't scrap your first retrieve and say all right that doesn't count just just you know assess me from now on so the first one has to be okay so that meant that we couldn't really compete and it wasn't even an option in, in working on other aspects of her training, which needed work because I just knew that that was going to be too much of a fundamental problem. So 
I probably should just explain at this point for any North American listeners or perhaps listeners in European countries what hard mouth is and why that was such a problem in the UK at least. So hard mouth is when the dog bites down too hard on the game when they're sent to retrieve. And if the game is still alive, the game is killed by the dog biting down on it. So that's why it's called hard mouth. The dog has a hard mouth. And usually, so in UK trials, you would receive the retrieve from your dog and then you'd immediately pass the retrieve to the judge. The judge will then immediately examine the bird to make sure that the bird has not been, like the ribs are intact and the bird hasn't been crunched by the dog. If the ribs are quote unquote in, then the dog is out. So hard mouth is a major fault and the dog is immediately out of that trial. And a soft mouth is something which is very highly prized in the UK. And I think this does actually create interesting problems because there are some other parts of the world where hard mouth is not even considered. It's not even something that is assessed or important or considered important in terms of assessment in any way. So when those dogs or dogs from those lines are brought to the UK, it can result in problems in terms of hard mouth. Anyway, let's get back to what we were talking about before. So I couldn't compete in trials with my dog, Grey. We did, though, beat, and we beat on lots of shoots, and she was really great. We would have a beat on the edge of Old Spaniel so we could quarter a wider area, and she was really great on the shoot and contributed a lot and was a valuable member of the team. And so just because your dog has a fault, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't do any gun dog work at all with that dog. You probably still can. You just need to figure out what their strengths are and how you can best fit into what is needed and what is useful. And also learn from those faults and from that dog for the future. Anyway, that's what I think about that subject. So I hope that was useful. Hold the line. I just wanted to give a shout out for a new podcast, which I'm finding really, really interesting. And I'm sure that loads of listeners here would as well. So the podcast is called Hunting Dog Confidential. And it is co-hosted by my friend Craig Koshik. And the other host is Jennifer Wapensky. So Hunting Dog Confidential is about pointing breeds of dog. And it's about the sort of well, it's only three episodes so far, so I'm talking about this on the basis of three episodes, but it's about the sort of development of these breeds of dog, the history and how they've come to be what they are. It's also about, and this is particularly what I'm really interested in, what I really like about it, is it's about different countries and the way that different countries compete with these dogs, assess these dogs, and what is considered desirable in these dogs in different countries. And I think that is really, really interesting. It's always been something that I'm interested in. And... Craig, who co-hosts the podcast, is a, a spectacular photographer. In fact, if you've got my book, um, Force Free Gun Dog Training, The Fundamentals of Success, his photos on the front cover of a Slovakian warfare pointer running towards the camera. That's one of his photos. And he just has incredible, incredible pictures of working dogs, mostly dogs pointing and hunting. And so I do recommend if you check him out online. He's got some great websites. If you just Google Craig Koshik, that's K-O-S-H-Y-K. And the podcast, which he co-hosts, is called Hunting Dog Confidential. Craig is just this massive wealth of knowledge about everything to do with the evolution of these dogs, the history of these dogs. And because he's traveled a lot to take pictures of the dogs in their native countries, he has spoken to people firsthand in all these different countries who have been involved in the development of the breeds. And I just think he's 
he's sort of got his finger in so many pies worldwide that he, it's an incredible resource. And yeah, just check out his podcast, Hunting Dog Confidential. I think there's only three episodes of it so far, so it's a brand new podcast, but I'm really, really enjoying it. And it's just packed with information. And once you hear Craig start to talk, you just don't want him to stop. You want him just to continue and you want him to just tell you everything that he knows. And you just get really hungry for more and more. So I highly recommend you check it out. Hunting Dog Confidential podcast. Hold the line. That's all for this episode, everyone. Stay safe and follow whatever restrictions there are where you live. I will be back soon. Hold the line. Hold the line. Hold the line. Hold the line.